You have located Geekfest Rants, the entertainment podcast for genre geeks like you. Shall we play a game? Covering the world of vintage and current film and television since 2010. Game over, man. Game over. Featuring in-depth conversations on sci-fi, horror, fantasy, comics, toys, and conventions. So say we all. So say we all. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy today's show. Here, searching for that domino that tipped over and started all of this. You believe in ghosts? What does that mean? That badge on your shirt. I watched this office every day, believing that my hope was not in vain. And that hope is you, Commander Burnett. There's the name Discovery. She has carried us into the future. And it will be our privilege to make that future bright. Let's see how this plays out, shall we? everybody and welcome once again to Geek Fest Rants. My name is Carlos Peron and today I have Steve Folks joining me. We are going to be talking about Star Trek. Specifically, the first two short treks, the latest Discovery trailer, and the latest Picard trailer. So it's a short kind of subject in terms of, you know, the, the shorts are pretty short to begin with. Amazing what they've done so far with these new short treks and some more preview material that we get to chew on, you know, when it comes to not only the return of Discovery, which won't be for uh, about two more months, and the Picard series, which is very, very eagerly anticipated. So let's begin with Short Treks. Television is not the truth. Television is an amusement park. Television is a circus, a carnival, a traveling troupe of acrobats, storytellers, dancers, singers, jugglers, sideshow freaks, lion tamers, and football players. We're in the boredom-killing business. All right, I have Steve with me once again. Hi, Steve. How are you? Hey, Carlos. Hello, everyone. Glad to be back. Yes, as promised, we are going to nerd out once again with Star Trek. They've already aired two i believe of what is it like five or six short treks uh six i believe so far <laughs> i absolutely loved what i've seen let's talk about the first episode q and a which it's funny when i first saw the trailer because they had little tiny tricks i mean these are only 15 minutes shorts but they do have a trailer for a 15-minute short. And the trailer, to me, it almost looked like it was going to be a comedy episode because it was kind of like, it looked almost like Spock stuck in an elevator 
like asking really bizarre questions and driving number one crazy. You know that we are returning to the to the Pike verse, if you will, uh, some Pike characters. Um, but then when we watch the episode, I'm like, oh wait, this is a lot. This is this is a little deeper than I thought it was. It's not as light as I thought it was going to be. What did you think? Yeah, actually, uh, um, the same thing. Actually, when I, when I saw the the trailer for these two first short tracks, they, they seem like uh, like they were inspired by at least what I got from it, by like The Office or something. They have like these like <laughs> have like this very like all, like sort of like mundane everyday sort of yeah. you know sort of vibe to it. But I, I really like this one. The the first one was yeah, like we said, we we see Spock first being taken into the Enterprise, and I gotta say, it, it felt really good to see you know the crew that we saw in season two, like the Pike and number one and, uh, and Spock um, back on the screen. I, it did get a bit of a smile from me. It was a really interesting um, like dynamic. To have. I mean, you think like setting up, you know, putting them, you know, two characters together in an elevator, you know, sort of cliche, you know, but it, it, how it actually played out was actually kind of cool. What's interesting also is that this takes place before anything we've seen with, you know, Pike, because this is before the last season of Discovery, because last season of Discovery, he was already part of his crew, and then he yeah. he he went away. You know, he was in hiding, blah blah blah. But this is his first introduction, so in theory, this is the earliest we've seen Spock in this version of the show. Really, he's brand new, brand spanking new, his first day on the job, and off the bat, and I, this is something they do mention in the script. He's smiling. He's the second he he uh, transports into the ship. You can tell he's like a giddy little boy, you know, Christmas time. He's kind of, you could tell he's like jumping out of his skin. And number one even mentioned something like, you know, was that a smile or something like that? And I'm like, oh shit, that it was a smile. Yeah, and, and it's funny because like a lot, of, I, I saw a lot of pushback against that. Like, oh no, you know, Spock can't smile. He has, he has no emotion. Oh, come on. But, but, but it, it, it's funny because I believe they put that into the short truck because I think it's the cage um, that that Spock was smiling in that first episode. Yeah. And then everyone wants to forget that and you know and just chalk it up to you know you, oh it's the first thing you know there's just a mistake. But so I like how they they leaned into they played into that. Right. But in the original show, like you said, not only for, if I remember right, there were episodes where like he's not himself he's he's delusional or something and he's showing emotion and he's smiling he's crying okay that's true however yeah in the cage the earlier version of everything they haven't yet tweaked the character enough to completely remove his humanity and it, it wasn't that shocking that all of a sudden he does show some sort of emotion because again they hadn't tweaked the character enough so it's like yeah it, it happened yeah, and, and I like how they leaned into that. They didn't shy away from it. They they said, you know what, we're gonna if we're doing if we're if we're gonna show Spock, you know, the earliest that we've shown him at this point, why not, you know, give him that callback, that trait that we were sort of first introduced to him. Uh, well, I mean, if you if you were watching it at the time, you know, that you were first introduced to Spock, you know, he yeah he he had that one he had that smile and you know he did he, I mean. Vulcans aren't emotionalists. They, they they do have you know they they, they suppress yeah, they, it. Right. Yeah, they're able to suppress it. So. You know, and and I, I think that one moment of him, you know, alone taking his first step into, you know, um, into Starfleet, you know, his first starship, you know, why not, you know, sh show that emotion? And then, and and it's great because they, then they call they they call themselves out on it by giving number one the, you know, the dialogue saying, you know, was that a smile on your face? Which mm -hmm. is just great. And they they kind of work the whole again. These are very short, so they they work the whole thing into it. Now, let's not forget the story is that they're stuck in an elevator, so they're bored out of their mind, and. 
they're engaged in this exercise that was started before they got stuck in the elevator. And that is, she tells them, you know, ask me as many questions as you can before we get to where we're going, you know, because that's what you're supposed to be doing as your first day. So he's asking all these bizarro questions and she's kind of, she's going with him. She's going, she's going, she's going, she's going. But they, you know, she does get to a point where you can tell they're stuck in that elevator for, I don't know how long. And she's getting a little tired of his questions. So he kind of starts mixing it up a little bit. But at that point is like when, you know, the rescue is coming. And again, the special effects, they, they do a really good job. We see not only the elevator, but through CGI, obviously, we get to see the shaft itself that holds the elevator. And, and you get a better sense of, these are huge, huge, it's like a subway train track in terms of how vast these connections are inside the ship. Yeah, and th- th- this is the thing. Okay, I-, I will preface this by saying, you know, I, I-, I love the-, the aesthetic of Discovery and the visual effects are stunning. But one thing that's bothered me all through and even in the last season is for whatever reason, they have like this fascination with making their because this was present in season two with making their elevator shafts like like this crazy whimsical looking like roller coaster <laughs> like if you go back to the I, th- I think it's the first episode of season two where they had like, the elevator scene and when they ever they show the exterior of the elevator it's always like this like weird like it, it looks like a, this like cosmic bill and ted's looking like something like, out of willy wonka yeah, and the chocolate yeah, factory it, it, it looks so bizarre. <laughs> I, I mean i'm trying to picture this in my mind like, like a starship like how that fits inside because you know you have like decks and you have levels like it, it doesn't look like it fits inside like realistically it doesn't look like it fits inside of a starship and so um, i mean normally this stuff doesn't i, I don't care really but is this something like that it's like where is this supposed to be like what like what like, <laughs> what, like, how, like i would love to see like like you know they have like the cross-section books i would love to see them oh, i would yeah. love to see them try to like finagle this 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 wacky you know water tube way they have that's that's yeah that, i think that the, the problem problem might be that you cannot envision lighting a shaft so that it looks so beautiful. Yeah. It's yeah, a shaft. Yeah. It's supposed to be dark and kind of grimy, but because this is Star Trek world, it's going to look beautiful. You know, everything's going to look beautiful. <laughs> they can they can they can show you the picture of a toilet and yeah, it's going to be beautiful, the most beautiful toilet the ever. flag all over it. <laughs> <laughs> the pipes and the water going into whatever, you know, yeah, everything will look. Be- yeah, I understand. I, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. Now, another cute little moment was that as soon as he beams into the ship, you hear the the classic uh, musical beats of the original yeah. Trek. That uh, you know, it, they, they, they. This is one of the things about this show. They really do good stuff with their music. Sometimes the music is just so different and so of an homage to the original that it sticks out so much. And I, I, I have been little by little through some of these mysterious websites that I go to, been acquiring as much of the soundtrack as possible because they really do a good job with the music. Yeah, that's true. And um, I, th- I think it's, it's, in fact, the composer of mm-hmm. who does the music for for Discovery is also. The same guy who does the music for Legion and a few other TV shows, and he does a fantastic job with yes, like mixing and like that. taking bits and you know pieces of music and you know warping them into the the, the 
theme and feel of the scene you're seeing. So yeah, so J- Jeff Russo is his name, and he does he does like a That's fantastic right. Right. job. And like, and like you'll you'll hear it like in different periods of time, and you, you'll hear like little echoes and callbacks to the earlier uh, series and everything. It's done is woven in perfectly. One of the things I noticed that he seems to do really well. And I think he might do it for Legion too, if I remember right. When I used to watch the show, he can duplicate this um, this '60s jazzy kind yeah. of beats yep. that were very typical for Star Trek's era in terms of the '60s. You know, this this uh, I don't even know, you know, how to describe. It's almost like the Incredibles. If you you know, da, 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 da. Yeah, it's like you fi- you figure somebody in a smoking jacket, <laughs> you know, with cigar, having a drink on their hand. It's that kind yep. of music that 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 Sinatra Dean Big Martin, band type thing. yeah, you know, that yeah, that kind that of weird type, little that's sort of like a lounge type music. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and it's and he throws that in every now and then. Obviously, when, with the full blown episodes, he can play a lot more. But here, even here, he can throw that too. Another cute thing about this episode: by the time it's resolved and he finally gets to the to the bridge, which is where they were supposed to be going in the first place, one thing I noticed was that when they're exiting the the elevator shaft by their you know somebody's coming down with a rope. She goes first, and that's again to me that's a nitpicky thing that I have, and that is, she's in command. She should let him go first because he's like the ensign. Hmm. So as a commanding officer in a dangerous situation, you're supposed to get your crew out first, and the person in charge goes last. I know this is ridiculous nitpicking, but that they fixed is that. <laughs> very interesting. I I I watched it three times now, and I never really. I never really picked up. I, 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 I guess I always, you know what? I, I guess I, I always, I, I, I've chalked that up to it being like Kirk is always like the first one down and the first one in. You know, he was, he was always the first one on the spot. You know, throwing himself, you yeah. know, in the center of attention. So I, I guess I always just chalked stuff like that of, you know, that type of like, you know, flashy leading man has to be the first one on the scene. Yeah, but no, yeah, but no, you're right yeah. though. I, I, you know, if you're trying, if you're trying and to I think get, I know why it's bothering yeah, me. Yeah, we, I think I know why it's bothering me because I've been binge watching Next Generation the last couple of weeks and there was an episode where Picard gets stuck in an elevator with a whole bunch of kids and it's one of those, oh, you guys go out without me, uh, I'll be okay <laughs> and uh, even though he thinks he's going to die and the kids are like, no, we're, we're all going to go together or nobody goes and they're all right, fine, we'll all go together and as they're climbing, he is the last one going up the stairs because he's making sure that the kids are in right. front of him. But it's that, again, it's that whole captain goes down with the ship mentality, you know, that whole thing of I'm not happy until my yeah. crew is safe and right. then I'll relax, you know, that kind of silliness. But again, again, that's nitpicking. <laughs> that's just, I love nitpicking stuff like that. The other thing, uh, there was one particular interaction where you know, number one tells Spock something about Pike and he says, He's very sentimental about yeah. horses. And he's like, is that something that I don't remember from the original? Did yeah. you get that reference? Was that no, important? I didn't get that reference. And, and I feel like, you know, people are going to be screaming at us, you know, as they're listening. Like, oh, it was obviously about, you know, episode, episode yeah, I, I, no, I don't no, know. I, it, yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't get it. Um, and I, I figured it was going to be something maybe they're going to touch on, you know, down the road. But I don't think we're going to see Pike have his own series, you know, in the near future. So... I, I don't know. I I didn't get it. Yeah, and and I remember you know when the when this past season ended and we were speculating about what is the fate of Pike and and this whole other world that has been created. You know the ship, you know all the visuals, all the CGI that has been created to recreate the Enterprise. 
are they just going to get rid of that because it's such a great thing and the fans love it and now we can kind of see okay they're reusing that and those characters at least on some of these short treks which is like okay cool i, I just hope that we get to see more yeah of it. I, I i i hope so too and and it, it seems like such a waste it would be if if you know and especially yeah. because you have these actors you know Pretty much in their well, yeah, in their prime, basically, you know, willing to. They all seem like they'd be willing to, you know, jump into something like this. So I can only hope down the road, like they might take his page from Disney Plus and just start start now. Well, <laughs> yeah, seriously, start now, like putting out feelers to see what you know how, how they can create like maybe small mini series or uh, maybe like you know five or six episodes because it'd be such a waste. Of, I mean, they create like a very hardcore fan base though with Pike. That's a lot yeah, of sets yeah. to build, uh, yeah. you know. That's yeah. a lot of set building that, that you just can't put it in storage. And, and I also wonder if they shot these episodes, like, did they plan these ahead of time or were they as a result of... Now, granted, we have more episodes coming that I don't remember exactly what they're about, but did they select these Pike-ish kind of episodes because of the fan reaction, the positive fan reaction to season two, you know, or was this part of the plan? Who knows? I don't know. You know what I mean? I have a feeling that these were shot because of the fan because because these both of them the, the, well the, the this this one here with with Pike and and Spock and number one this seemed very like one off so it felt like they they sort of you know tossed this one in just so you no know, last time we had we had you know four of the short tracks this time you know we have six so we get we get a bonus two here a bonus as like a reaction to yeah. all of the it didn't seem like it was a something planned like they they wanted to do it you know as a as a way to you know to commemorate all those fans who really felt you know they wanted to see more of them yeah definitely definitely because. From what I understand, and this is something that I, I completely missed when I first heard about it, was that during the last San Diego Comic-Con, Kurtzman talked about how they were going to expand. And the way that they were going to expand was to do three stories featuring the Enterprise actors, meaning the Pike crew. And we just watched two of those. So we know there's at least another one coming, something to do with, with the Pike, Pike Spock and, and that particular crew. Then we're supposed to get a prequel kind of story to the Picard series. So that's a completely different animal altogether. That will be, you can call episode number four. Then you have two animated stories, you know, as a short trick. Again, at first I'm thinking animated. Well, wait a minute. I know they're supposed to have this animated show called, uh, was it Lower Decks? Yep, Lower Decks. Lower Decks, which might be, I think, again, if I'm, if I'm remembering right, I think it's a Nickelodeon vehicle that it's supposed to be more kiddish than anything else, I think. From, from, from the, the art that I saw, it's, it's very kid-friendly. But these two animated short treks are just regular trek material, except they're being told in an animated manner, and the animation does not match the Lower Decks animation. As a matter of fact, the animations of those two episodes are apparently different from each other, the style of the animation. And one of those two is directed by Michael Giancino, the composer of the newer Trek movie scores. So he's kind of jumping on the kind of directing bandwagon now all of a sudden. And I have no idea exactly what those stories will be following. You know, what, what, ex what precise... Um, storyline they're going to follow on those stories and that's something we haven't seen yet this is completely new yeah i'm curious to see if those two animated short tracks will be sort of like um like more of like an anthology where it's just kind of like two mm -hmm. random stories or if they sort of piece off together will they'll lead now into another anime because i did hear some rumbling of, a, of another animated series separate from 
Yes, um, the, yes. The Nickelodeon, some, of the, some of the Lower Decks ones. So maybe those two might be tying into this second animated series. Well, from, from what I understand, these two shorts, because the other shorts are Pike-specific and Picard-specific, these two animated shorts are going to be more Discovery-specific because they're neglecting Discovery storylines <laughs> because of the fact... And we talked about this. We talked about how... Yeah, the fan reaction was was very positive towards Pike. And people were saying, well, why can't we do more Pike stuff? So this is the way of them giving us more Pike stuff. They're kind of funneling it towards the short treks. Uh, You know, that's at at least for now. But apparently they haven't really closed the door on, is there a future? Is there a spinoff possibility, you know, for the Pike world if you will so that that might be coming one that we don't know yeah they, they i think they'd be very foolish to close the door on that because i think they have a, a hefty amount of fans that are pining for more pike really to be honest right and it doesn't really make too much sense uh, you know on this next season because we know this next season is about them being in the future there's really no way you can you can bring pike into that again and you know pike made a good presence during the second season and yeah you don't want to overdo it you don't want to you know, give people too much of a good thing because people get tired of a good thing. So, yeah, step away from Pike a little bit, but give him to us in very short bursts with these short tricks. I think that makes perfect sense. Like a fine garnish on a, on a, <laughs> on a, on a tasty plate of food. He's a, he's the sorbet <laughs> of Star Trek. <laughs> the other thing I also noticed, and again, this is a technical thing that you cannot get away with it because you're shooting a an entire episode inside an elevator, a very cramped quarters, there were certain shots that were extreme wide-angle shots, and you can tell that they're using a special wide-angle lens because things looked a little distorted in order to be able to create such a wide view of what was happening in there. Which, right. again, that's there's nothing you can do about that. That You can't fake a wide-angle lens. It's a wide-angle lens. And it's, yeah, right. yeah. it's going to look distorted because that's what a wide-angle lens does to your image when, you, when you're in a very cramped environment. So, anyway, this was a great... Again, this was great. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Oh, by the way, in the episode of um, The Cage, Pike mentions that he's from, he's from Earth and that he has a, he has a horse named Tango. So that could be uh, probably what they're And referencing. you just remember this, right? You're not looking it up on a computer. Oh, no, not it. at all. There we go. Okay, I just want to make sure. You know, we don't want to <laughs> we don't want to mislead people into thinking that we don't really know everything. <laughs> uh, two more little facts about this episode. Obviously, the weird part in it, you know, the the big funny funny moment is when all of a sudden uh, number one. She, you know, because he's revealing something about himself, about his emotions, you know, in terms, you know, that kind of thing. And then she's like, well, I have to, you know, she wants to tell him or she, he wants her to tell him something personal because they're stuck in this thing. And she starts to sing, I guess, from a Broadway play or something like that. And they both actually start singing that same song. Which is kind of cute. It, it goes a little overboard, I think. Yeah, it goes. I was about to, I was about to say. Yeah, I like the idea. Like you know, both of them opening up to each other, yeah. and like in like this very like personal you know moment. But it went on a little too long. Like if they if they would have cut it down to you know maybe uh maybe twenty seconds or so. Yeah, but it just went yeah. On, it just went on a little too long. I was like, okay, I, I get the point. <laughs> it, it was fun. It was a fun. It was a fun. Fun. Scene. And it's funny because this happens a lot on television, whether it's a comedy or a dramatic show or a sci-fi show, or a horror show, whatever. There's something about Hollywood that they seem to think transitioning from drama to musical is something <laughs> everybody can accept and roll with it. I can't. It, it bugs me when you 
switch gears. And that's partly my fault because I don't like musicals. There are very <laughs> few musicals I like because when, when I'm dealing with a musical, I'm no longer in reality. Now I'm dealing with, it's a fantasy now. It's dancing and, and singing and it, it rips me away from whatever reality it is that I'm trying to get. So, and I notice they do that a lot. It's like, you'll have a, you know, whatever the show is. And today we're going to do a musical episode. It's like, okay, they're going to do a musical. Okay, fine. Go ahead. Do your musical episode. But here, all of a sudden in the middle of this little episode, they're going to, they, they go in full musical mode pretty much. And yeah, it, 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 it again, I'm the nitpicky. I'm nitpicky. I know I'm nitpicky. And, and I'm is glad that, it didn't last too day. long. <laughs> it's that kind of thing. And, and here's another one that, that another little quick line, I forget what it was was that she says and then Spock says I am envious and then I'm thinking but wait a minute yes he has emotions but now he's admitting to feeling envy and it's like okay maybe he shouldn't have said that you know he's opening up way too much to right. this person to, he to just someone met. he just met yeah that's the yeah. thing yeah I, I, I think if if he would have said something like that and if we, we would have known they had like a longer history together yeah that yeah. actually that actually would have worked in the favor because it, that would have shown us that they are really pretty close you know they have like right, a they're really tight. Deep relationship. They, they have a history and and they're opening up to each other because of this history but yeah right it, it, it's a little weird and then uh but obviously the way they wrap up the show and the way they wrap up just like they did with season two about forgetting about burnham and forgetting about all the things that you're not supposed to know about she tells them to keep your freaky to yourself <laughs> yeah. so they're both are going to keep quiet about this and never hear about it. So that's how you can, can retcon everything that happened in this episode, you know, going forward so people don't start screaming at them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wraps up into a nice little bubble where, you know, they're sworn to secrecy. Exactly, which is what, what happened on season two. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 whole, that whole season was basically... <laughs> it, was, it, it was like a big episode of this. Wrap up, yeah, to wrap up that entire season two, sworn to secrecy, that's it. <laughs> exactly. Now, the second episode... It's called The Trouble with Edward. Hmm, what could that be about? <laughs> and again, when they showed the little trailers, this was, to me, was going to be the funny, funny, funny. And, it w and don't get me wrong, this was, I absolutely love this episode. Again, they're going full comedy here, which I don't mind. I don't mind them, you know, we, we've had Star Trek episodes that are, obviously, The Trouble with Tribbles and some of these other episodes. They decide, yes, we're going to go, you know... 75% comedy, the B story is the serious story, but the A story is the comedic story. Fine. I absolutely loved it. Once again, you see the science officer leaving because she just got promoted. And technically, I wonder if they should have shown this episode first. Because then Spock would arrive on the second episode. But wouldn't this... Don't you think this takes place before Spock? Because well, the science well, officer well, is being was promoted. Was she a science officer? Because I, I, thought, I thought she was just like... She was a science officer she? Huh. and she was becoming a captain on this other ship. She, she just got promoted. And Spock comes in with the blue shirt as the ensign... You know, the next up and coming science officer, I think. Hmm. Uh, but anyway, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't really matter, but unless there's a timing issue here that I'm saying. But anyway, the majority of this episode takes place in a different ship that they're out there uh, on, a, on a mission to, because there's a planet that needs food and they're trying to figure out ways of creating substance for people. So there's different departments, different scientific departments working on different experiments, I guess, and, and ways to creating food. And this one particular guy who, I didn't realize who he was until the second time I watched it, played by John Benjamin. And if you don't recognize that name, Bob's Burger and Archer. If you hear his voice, that's that guy. And oh man, 
he is such a jerk and and you just want to strangle him and he's he's very awkward and and a jerk on top of it i can't even you i can't just repeat all the funny moments you just have to see them for yourself this is a great episode what did you think i i loved it like i i felt it was i felt i felt it was it was a bit I, I guess I obviously just, you know, is very confident of them to leave with two funny episodes because I, I was expecting one of them to be serious and then they're going to do maybe one funny one. But they went with two funny ones and increasingly funny because <laughs> this, this second one was hilarious. Like it, it reminded me so much of like a mix between like Office Space and the show yeah. The Office. It felt like, you know, this, yeah. this, this, this sort of you know i don't know if i'll call him snarky but he's he's just like this like everyday guy and he has he has like this chip on his shoulder where you can tell you can tell he like comes he can tell he's like one of those co-workers where he comes to work he'll complain and whine about everything (laughs) like you know you'll you'll meet him in the you know in front of the water cooler and he'll have some story about how how his life sucks you know and how he did something you know better you know you know this guy in real life and you don't want to be around him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he just sucks the life out of you. Yeah, yeah, he just... he's a perfect killjoy. And, like, oh. he plays it so perfectly. You like him as you're viewing it, but, like, you, you can tell, like, <laughs> he's one of those guys where you, you don't want to like him. And so, so it's like, like, so for the whole episode, you're, you're, you're sort of saying, like, okay, you know, I hope he gets this coming to him. And then by the end of it, 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 it snowballs into this huge, you know, fiasco. But it's written so well. Like, the comedy on this yeah. is, is perfect. It is my, it's my type of comedy. I've Liked it. So his particular project is that he's found these little creatures called Treblusis kentricosis. Tribbles for short, he says. Okay, <laughs> there we go. Now we got the name. And apparently at, at this stage of the game, they're not exactly what they will become later. Because at this stage, they're not multiplying fast. They're kind of pretty useless in terms of them... He even mentions like one fell off his desk and died. So it's really, it would be pretty easy to, to be able to, to get them and, you know, gather them and, and get them to, you know, for people to eat as long as you shave all the hair. Because they're full of meat inside. They're all meat. And he says, yeah, I tried a few. And it's like, and, and people are looking at him like, what are you doing? Yeah, he, I love, I love the looks on the people's faces. Because they're, they're all sitting around in like a, like a, like a, like a meeting table, like a business. It is, yeah. it's, it's like such like an office episode. But like, they're all sitting around like a business meeting table. And like, the, like as, as he's talking, like it, the camera cuts to different people's faces, like how they're just looking at him. Like, what are you talking about? Like, because he, he, he like mentions like he, he like, he tasted one to, to eat it. And like, <laughs> Like the, one of the other people sitting next to him is like, seriously? Like, it, it's the timing on it is perfect. And then we find out that most likely he has been sending complaints to Starfleet about this new captain that she's a jerk and she should be out of here. And it was an anonymous complaint. And he was like, well, how do you know it was me? It was if it was anonymous, how could it be me? You know, that he's trying to use this bizarro logic on her and she's not falling for it. And as he's screwing up more and more, we learn that. Now he's up the game uh, on the experiments because he's introduced human DNA with these things. He's, he's been splicing them. Now, all of a sudden, the replicating, you know, the, the reproductive factor of these things is going haywire, which is what we're more used to with these things, to the point where the ship now is getting inundated with them everywhere, every wall, every it's, it's, control. It's very familiar looking, if, <laughs> if you've seen the previous. There's a really cool shot, uh, it's a hilarious shot of, they're arguing about something, and in the background, there's a guy with like a huge <laughs> vacuum cleaner, just whoop, yeah. whoop, whoop, 
sucking them up. And it's like one at a time. And you're like, this. you're never going to get this job done. This thing is never going to finish. <laughs> it's it's full of some, so much stuff like that. When they have the final outbreak, you know, where, where they're evacuating the ship, he's walking out of his room, like with no pants on, because he's completely oblivious of everything. And it's funny because I saw on the internet, one person mentioned, and I don't know if this is true or not, that... There's a shot of him when he's experimenting with the creatures where he's wearing a black vest. And they're saying that black vest looks a lot like a Section 31 vest. And even the emblem that he's wearing is not the big insignia emblem. It's a much smaller, darker one. So they're saying is the implication that maybe he's up to no good because he's part of Section 31 trying to develop, you know, a bio weapon under the guise of Starfleet, but, you know, off to the side. And because she even said to him, how did you get so far in this career the, being the way you are, like such a jerk? And he was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a great guy. You know, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, right. So I don't know. And then there's also a line. I forget what it was when they were talking about, did you actually eat one? And he's like, yeah, I ate one. But, you know, I'm no chef. He's like that's a that's a line about that's a Bob Burger because he plays a chef in Bob's Burger. Oh, I did. Oh, I didn't even put that <laughs> together. Yeah. So I, I, was, I, I knew it was the actor, but I didn't even put the. Yeah, the I was trying chef. to see if there were any Archer uh, lines having to do with Archer, so it would have to be like a secret agent type of line. So I I, I would have to watch it again to uh, to see it. So we get to the point at the end where. The ship is completely swarmed and they have to eject. They have to get on an escape pod and eject because there's nothing left they can do. They're shooting these things, but they're just going too fast. And he is screaming at them because he's like, I created, these are my creatures. You know, you all should be thanking me or something like that. And he gets like consumed by a tidal wave of tribbles <laughs> and boom, they're out. And you assume he's he's dead. You know, he got killed. And then there's some kind of like a post-mortem meeting, I guess it's Starfleet, where the captain is, you know, there's a whole bunch of people saying, and you did this, and this is, a, you know, this was your first assignment, and, and we lost a ship, and the ship crashed, and there's an incident with the Klingons now that they're complaining about these creatures infecting, I don't know if it was a ship or, or a planet or something that belongs to them, which then brings you back, again, it, it connects the whole thing. And my favorite line of the whole episode, they're like, you know, what can you say about this? How could you explain this? And and she goes, well, he was an idiot. And that was the end of the episode right there. That was like, oh, my God, that is such a great line. Because it picks, it fits perfectly the tone of this particular episode. Yeah, it, it was such a tight, good episode. Just, I mean, in fact, there's actually a, a little... Yeah. I guess teaser, a not, a, not a, teaser like a little trailer at the end. That's like a also pretty pretty funny. But what I saw was, and, and I, I probably spent too much time looking online at other people's reactions to this. But a lot of people were actually angry that like this somehow like broke Star Trek canon and how like, like oh it, it it ruined the triples and how well, then how and then if you go oh, back and look at the TOS on. like it, this. This was like a quintessential, you know, just fun, lighthearted episode. Yeah. You know, it's not even an episode. It's like it's like a, it's like a short. It's it's not even, it's not you, even you, in a season. So how that's can you, right. like, you might not we might not be ready for a full episode of this, but in a fifteen minute version, it fits pretty well. Yeah, no, it fits perfectly. And and I and I I, I really like how these these short tracks can 
you know, take on these like more fun, lighthearted yeah. sides of the stories. It doesn't. Not everything has to be like okay. This this fits into canon perfectly here with the timeline there. You know, just 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 watch it, please. Just just watch the episode. <laughs> have fun and smile. It's, it's really not that serious. I know. I know. So so far we've only seen two. So let's now jump over to the latest teaser or the first teaser or the mini trailer, whatever they want to call it these days, for the third season of Discovery. All right, so this is the the trailer that apparently was premiered on uh, New York Comic Con uh, this past, I don't know, was it September? October? Uh, October. I think it was October. Early October. First yeah, week of October. Yeah, yeah. So when we left off uh, last time, the ship was jumping, and it's even here on this trailer, 930 years into the future. And we can't really talk about, at this point, from a writer's perspective, why that's the decision that they're making. We're just dealing with what we have in front of us. So we see Burnham, I guess, recovering from what could be that, that suit that she was wearing, the, the Red Angel suit, and kind of being in the dirt, like recovering from, from some kind of a crash or something. Yeah, and, and it, it looks like the thing with this trailer is like you don't, it drops you in, in very unfamiliar territory. Like normally yeah. in like a Star Trek, series you know you know you basically know where the plants are you know the, yeah. quad, the quadrants and everything with this like literally they jumped not only into the future but you don't know where you know space wise they are so it's 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 such a, like a far removed i mean it's a good thing I, i'm really excited to see now because now we're so we're so taken away from the normal timeline we can get introduced to a whole bunch of new stuff and new concepts and everything and it's going to be all you know all new is you're gonna have no 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 because the, the the problem I think a lot of people had with the first season of Discovery is because they sort of shoehorned it right in between a time a certain time period. Yeah. So now with this, it is so far removed. Now they can kind of experiment and sort of be, you know, their hands aren't tied behind their backs anymore. Yeah, one minute you're Star Trek, the original series, and the next minute you're Star Trek Voyager. You're in a completely alien environment. Yep. Now what we do see is that she's inside what it's either a ship or a house or some kind of a artificial environment yeah. in whatever planet it is that she was in and time seems to be passing because you see her hairstyle changes a couple of times <laughs> uh, so i guess she's isolated for a while and she's very lonely or something like that you see her hair grow out into like Ooh. first it's it, it, like various stages of like 1990s yeah. hair it has like it has like the, the frizzy hair and has like like the like the the braid the braided hair it's, it's a pretty cool shot and then we see what could be a new character that interacts with her as they're being attacked by, to me, what it looks like, and just by a mere accident that I f did a, f a frame freeze, it's Andorians. Oh, yeah. I see a whole yep. bunch of Andorians here. It's like, holy crap! We haven't. I don't think we've seen too much of them yet at this uh, at this stage. No, we've only seen them. We've only, yeah, we've only seen literally one Andorian in the first season. I think it was it, you know they had that whole like resistance thing, the whole resistance team they had. Yeah, yeah, and this right, and that was even kind of like an alternate universe yeah, thing too. Universe. It yeah, wasn't even right. yeah, yeah it wasn't even the normal uh, space. But this seems to be followed by a scene where she and this other companion, which is an actor I don't think we've seen in this episode in this show before. It's a brand new actor, kind of leading her into I don't want to say the wilderness, but out into green fields, if you will, green uh, mountains and that kind of thing, getting away, I guess, from wherever she was at first. But she seems to be isolated completely because again from what we remember she was on her little spacesuit and the discovery was after her you know separate 
So she is, again, moving out there with this other character. And he does mention something about that thing that she's on her chest, that emblem being like a ghost. And that, I think, we're talking about the, the Starfleet. So this has something to do with, I guess, in this future, whether it is a known or unknown location, Starfleet might no longer be around. Yeah, I think uh, I think even the, like the Federation itself, because it, it seems like you know, and you'll see in a few scenes down coming up. But yeah, it seems like like it's like this forgotten you know agency that's, that's no long long gone in the in the annals of history, really. Because uh, he 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 seems I mean he recognized it, but you don't really he seems to you know re- referred to it as something that's you no know, long gone that's not really relevant anymore. Right. Now, then we see a couple of shots of Saru and uh, what was her name? Tilly? Tilly. Coming inside some structure, some building or something. And they're also not wearing a Starfleet uniform either. So it looks like they might be also searching for something, just like she's searching for something. Like they're, they're, they're lost. And then we do go back to Burnham and this other mysterious individual walking into, again, a very clean, I would hate to say Starfleet-ish looking environment where... There's like a, another important person there. And all of a sudden they unfurl a Starfleet, to me it looks like a Starfleet flag. Is that what that is? Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's, a Feder- it's a United Federation of Planets flag, yeah. Now I can't tell, is it even accurate? Or in other words, does it have enough stars on it? Or I can't remember how, you know, how accurate is it? Yeah, is it- yeah I did hear some speculation where like, it's missing like, a, like, a, like a, a few stars or something. So this could be some sort of weird... So it, yeah. it indicates a future time, an, an, an adjusted emblem or something. I don't know. And the, the person that's greeting them and talking to them says something to the reference that it's you, that she's the person, I guess, that needs to... She's the important person in this thing. Obviously, she's the star of the show, so it's up to her. I'm sorry, Discovery haters, that she's going to be the one that's going to save us. But guess what? She's the star. Don't tell anyone. (laughs) She's the star of the show. It's a big secret. (laughs) Oh, man, people are going to... If she's the one who brings back the entire Federation... People are going to lose their mind. I think they should hire... so angry. (laughs) They should bring back Wesley Crusher just so he can save the day to piss everyone off. (laughs) They should bring him to to the Picard Uh, show just to piss everyone (laughs) off. Oh, my God. Again, in in the trailer here, they confirm the date as it being 930 years from wherever it was that they left off. Then you get a whole bunch of freaky stuff. She's like floating in water inside a cave. And the people that she's interacting with are wearing these red shirts, but they have these spots on the side. They, are those, is that trills? I, I, uh, I, it's funny you mentioned that. I, I thought so too, but I was like, uh, I don't know. I, I, I guess cause I, for whatever reason, I always associate trills with, with women because I've, I've, only, I've only seen two yeah, of them. Yeah. So I, 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 I quickly disregard it but you brought it back up so i'm glad i'm not the only one <laughs> no no yeah they to me that's what they those those spots they're like they're almost like little tiny leopard spots yeah but the they you know they go down the down the side of the face down to their necks i guess that's what it looks like to me yeah and maybe it has something to do with because you know chills they, they always t- they have like the memories of other of other hosts so maybe and, yeah. and you see burnham floating in that tank that in that tank that like that pool of water so maybe she's like yeah, trying okay. to like you know trying to get someone else's memories or something to like to go back maybe a few hundred years to see you know what happened here that's all i can think of yeah now then you get a whole bunch of shots of the crew of the discovery they're wearing 
uniform. So at this point, and they're hugging each other. So I don't know if this is kind of like a reunion shot in terms of maybe Burnham already made it back to the Discovery at this point, and she's rejoining the, the crew, and you get shots of the crew. And then you get some shots of the Emperor Chizhou, and, and her, she's up to no She's always up to no good. I forget, was she in the Discovery when we left season two was she part of that yes yeah, she, she was yeah that's the thing she, she, she was on the ship when it when it you know when it oh, took okay, off okay yeah so i'm guessing that's you know she's there too <laughs> now here's something very very interesting because i remember i caught a little glimpse of it on on a, on a facebook post there's a shot of what looks like i don't know if it's transporting or ghosty looking images of let's say bad guys shooting forward and running forward and at least two of them actually I can recognize at least three of them. And then they might be part of the Andorian crew, but some of the other characters, one guy looks like Morn oh, yeah. from DS9, yep. and another guy looks like a Cardassian behind them. And I, there's, a, there's a couple of, there's a, a human-looking guy, and there's two Andorians, and I don't know what the other guy is, but I have a feeling they're giving us, ooh, he's that ugly-looking guy. I don't know what he is. He's some, oh, that looks really good. Wow, this looks really good. And I guess this looks like it's more from the beginning of the episode when they're running away from that initial location. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea what this group would be. Like, like uh, it's maybe some sort of like they're all they're carrying the same style of weapon as the other yeah, group. So it's a, it's a completely different weapon. Yeah. We've never, I, I've never seen before. And then you got a lot of quick shots of fighting, which is really hard to tell what's happening. Everybody's fighting uniform. You know, uniforms are familiar. Sometimes they're not familiar uniforms. Regular street kind of clothes. Who knows what it is? And then you got another shot of this, I don't know, Federation guru or whatever the heck he is, kind of giving her like her final instructions of, you know, this is where your mission is and this is where you're going to go, where it's going to lead you. And she's like, wherever, you know, wherever it takes me or something like that. So again, this is only a one minute. It's really a teaser if you think about it. Oh, They're yeah, not giving yeah. you a lot, but there's enough images there for just like we did to be able to kind of cobble together something again, you know. I like the show. This is exciting for me. I know if you hate the show, it's the end of the world. I understand that. <laughs> but uh, between the short treks and and this little trailer, I'm like, let's go. I'm ready to go. Let's let's do it. Yeah, really. And and like I said, I I, I love the style and theme of how the show has, and like the, just the look of it. It's just so like cinematic. It's a movie. Yeah, it, yeah. It's you're watching a little movie. It's it's in, it's just amazing what they do. You know, granted, we're going to have a lot more of this coming down the pike. I'm sure we're going to have a, a, a much longer, tra- at least one more very longer trailer. Oh, for sure, yeah. Uh, sometime, sometime in the near future. So we're not going to go too crazy with this now because this was just a tease that they showed, you know, during New York Comic Con. But as far as we're concerned, we're all on board and we will have more information, obviously, with the rest of the short tricks. But let's now jump over to Picard. The story for this is just, I have no, I really have no idea what like the, what, what the main story of this is. Once again, we are starting off like in the other previous uh, shorter trailers that they gave us for Picard. We're in France at his vineyard, which looks so, I mean, I've watched, uh, what was it called? The Family or Reunion? I think it was called Family, the episode where he goes and visits the vineyard after the, the, Picard. the best of both worlds. You know, it's a TV budget, I remember. And it's, you know, but here, it's just incredible what they do with the, with the, you know, the CGI effects and the robotics, you know, watering the, the vineyards. And it's like, oh, man, it just looks so damn good. Again, cinematic. Man, does this look cinematic. Yeah, I love this. It's not even anything like 
over the top or flashy, but you see like those two like drone things watering the vine. Yeah. It, it just, it just, it's, 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 I, I can tell the show, and I, I'm, I'm hoping I'm right here. I can tell the show is going to be a, a, a good, has going to have a lot of like meat on the bones for like, world building and like giving us a lot oh. of like things that we don't normally see, like a lot of everyday life type of stuff in Star Trek. Plus, it's going to go crazy with with its with Star Trek's own EU. You can yeah, imagine yeah. all the books and comics that are going to going to come out out of this. And I, I could have swore I heard something about a, a a comic book that will tie Picard, a pre comic, uh, a prequel comic that will give us a little backstory into where we're at historically. Yeah, the road to, uh, to the road this, to Picard. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now we get off the bat a shot of. Data in full-blown uniform in the middle of a vineyard there painting and I heard a little bit about this before not so much a spoiler but a theory and and it could be I mean it, it makes kind of sense because of the way that Picard is interacting with Data it almost seems like maybe he's just imagining it he's he's reminiscing or Data is kind of like a I don't want to say a ghost but a, a memory that is with him about something from the, his past because it just doesn't look right that he should be there in that form. Yeah, and and it's shot weird because you know it, it's well. First of all, it's very dreamlike. It's very surreal looking. Yeah. And the yeah, second, yeah. well, obviously the fact that Data's wearing a Starfleet uniform in the middle of a vineyard painting a picture. Right. That might be a. And we kind of know that uniform is out yeah, of date. Yeah. Yeah. You know, right. Yeah. By by the shots that yeah, come later. Right. And also, now granted, again, these people are older. Brent Spiner looks different. And the the makeup that that I see on him and his hairline just doesn't look right. Looks a little off because now. But I, the thing is, I can't tell. Does he look a little off because he's older, and that's what happens? You get older and you look different, or does it have to do with the script? Is he purposely looking different? Do you remember if he kind of looked a little more like this by the time we got to Nemesis? No, even in Nemesis. But even no, granted, that was still that was ten years ago, probably more, I think, right? Than you know, from now. So, so you know, these actors do get older, but still, it feels like there's something that like, it's something purposefully obvious because it's all like de aging technology and everything. You, I think they yeah. could have made him look a little more photorealistic because I. I yeah, I think his face is a little chubbier. Like his his cheeks, his jawline seems to be a little. Again, this is guess what? We age. That's what happens. But are you? I don't know if you're looking at that shot of him when he first turns around. the The actual hairline looks very blurry, but the hair looks sharp, and the front of his face looks sharp. So it looks almost like they purposely blurried his yeah. hairline again. We could be nitpicking the crap out of this, like we always do, but that's it looks bizarre. I don't understand. And now the picture he shows them, and he's because he's like, Would you like to finish this painting? Uh, to me, it looks like, yeah, this it's almost like a woman in a white robe at the edge of the water, but the face to me, it looks like a big giant alien head, yes, yeah, or does it look like it's missing a face? Because he's asking, Do you like, would you like to finish the, the painting? Yeah, I think, I think because you see that the two hands. And, and, and yeah, but then like I the see face. on top. It looks like a, a big eye and a and a little tiny mouth and a nose cut. Some kind. They look like you know what it looks like the Kaminoans from the from <laughs> <of> the clones. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And they're right next to the water. It makes sense. It's a cross. They're crossing. Uh, yeah, genres. yeah. Okay. Streams. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not sure if he didn't paint the face and he's wait. He's I guess he's leaving him to do it. Yeah, I think it's, it's a very yeah. It's very hard to weird. say. Now, when they cut back to Picard reacting to Data, 
he's wearing the old uniform too. He's got the black on top and the red. You could barely see a little bit of it and the four pips. Yeah, actually. yeah. Which, which again, out of date uniforms for, for, for what they should be wearing you know, current day in, in, in this time period. So. so Data hands him the brush and it's it looks like he's it's triggering a memory and all of a sudden you see like these bombardments taking place from the air these uh hawkish looking ships romulans maybe i know the romulans like the the bear the bird uh, logo so they kind of they could be some kind of weird romulan fighters or something and they seem to be bombing something and then all of a sudden he kind of wakes up from bed as if he was maybe dreaming this i mean that's the implication i get from from the beginning of this oh trailer. yeah definitely yeah he, he, he his dog you know runs up to him wakes him up so yeah so he, yeah. he, he he's and, definitely and his dog's name is number one yeah de- definitely a dream yeah i remember they mentioned that the dog's name is number oh, one. oh yeah even that's the right ta- dog tag says number one on yeah, it or yeah, something yeah. So he kind of narrates a little bit that, and he sounds old. He sounds tired. You know. Now I can't really tell if is. Do you think he's overdoing it a little bit? Not not in terms of bad acting, but again, he's also not a young guy. And and I've seen interviews with him. And even when he was promoting this at New York Comic Con, he is a. You can tell that he struggles a little bit with communication. You know, he's right. older. But I think for this show, he's putting it on a little more. It's a little bit of Logan, uh, Patrick mm. Stewart that I'm hearing. Right, you know what I'm right. saying? He's 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 an actor. He's a good. He's a damn good actor. So I think he's adding a little bit of it on top. And maybe he wants to give that because depending on how this show goes, like what directions they're going to take it to, they might want to. They might have told him. They might have directed him to say, you know make it a little bit over the top so we can really portray the fact that yeah you're out of your prime you're not you know you're not where you used to be so when later on we can i guess have more a bit more sympathy for him or you know whatever we're going to try to you know whatever way they're going to take the story to really hammer it home to see okay yeah this guy is not in his prime anymore Right, but here's here's where it could work, you know, based on what you're saying. It could work so that w- whatever has happened to him brought him to a stage in his life that is really beating on him and it's making his condition worse. Not that he's sick or anything, but he's aging even more than he normally would because of all this baggage he's carrying around. But they could work the story so that as a result of him getting back into the action, whatever the action is, not necessarily Starfleet or whatever it is that he's going to be doing from episode to episode, that he will be more like the old Picard. In other words, we can actually see him behaving younger and sounding younger. So in other words, overact first to show how debilitating you are and then pull it back so that you're a little more, you know, peppy and youngy, you yeah, know, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, you know it, 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 it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a, a, a reverse bait and switch, really. <laughs> you you, you, you yeah, over yeah. promise your, 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 you know, this presentation that you're an old, frail man. And then by the end of it, you can right. pull back and say, yo, and, you know, there, there's the old Kirk, there's the old Picard I knew. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like in a, they do this in movies all the time when you see an actor that is young purposely wearing a lot of makeup to make him look older and that's because at some point in the movie they want to make him young but first they got to show him to you really old like if you remember prometheus with with guy pierce he's playing the old whalen it's like well why would you hire an actor just to put a ton of makeup on him (laughs) 
oh, it's because you're eventually are going to show yeah. them young and you want to see that transition. So I have a feeling, again, here we go again, we're going down the rabbit hole, that the acting style and the way that Picard is behaving is on purpose because I think they're going to kind of pull back on it at some point. But who knows? We could be completely wrong. Who cares? So at first you're seeing the backstory of where he's at and why he's the way he is and now we start to get the little bits of pieces somebody is coming to him for help uh a young woman and we know we're in san francisco because we see the bridge and we see some of these previous shots we've seen before of him coming to i guess starfleet uh, to ask for help or ask questions. And now we get, and we talked about this before, and actually we talked about this uh, on, a, on another episode we recorded that we haven't aired yet about uniforms. We get to see the current uniforms now in this in, in this time uh, space. Yeah, and and, and, and we, like I said, we touched upon this earlier, but I really like the, the, the new cut of the uniform. It looks pretty cool. I like the fact that he's there at, I guess, the secure, the welcome <laughs> yeah, area. And he's interacting with this young kid. And they show you that, and I wonder if this is just part of the, the, the aesthetics, is that because he was the captain of the Enterprise and because they're kind of checking him in, it almost seems to trigger a hologram oh, on the, the ceiling of the yeah. Enterprise circling above him, like, here's our guest, here's where he came from. You know, one of those kind of weird, uh, uh, you know, social, not social media, but advertising uh, kind of like minority report type of thing where you walk in and it identifies with you you know instantly and obviously he doesn't have a starfleet communicator so they give him a tag and he kind of puts it on and you can tell it's kind of like yeah this is my tag now this is my my communicator a stupid little <laughs> this is what tag. i've become <laughs> so here's where it gets a little weird um he's he's inside some kind of data bank place and and he's walking with this girl that looks very familiar to me. She was in another show, uh, Night Flyers. She was an actress in Night Flyers, which was a R uh, R Martin thing. They redid it. It bombed, I think. But she, and speaking of minority report, she kind of looks like one of those. If you remember the the fortune tellers or the the future tellers from from minority oh, in the, report, in she kind of has that look, like... kind of like an albino. Uh, uh, she, it could be male, it could be female. You can't really tell, like this weird um, futuristic kind of look to her. And then there's a shot of, I have no idea what this is, these guys, these bald guys with kind of data looking eyes. And it says F8 on the forehead. And it's like, what the hell are these? Are these like, maybe are these like datas that they've been working on secretly or something like experimenting on their own robots some yeah type of thing? It, i mean they don't i mean i guess maybe the hair might be like the lack of hair might be throwing me off but they don't look like data like you know the data maybe there's like another version of it or like an updated version it just seems or, very or could this be part of the footage of of these possible ex borgs that have been deborgified mm, and now they're kind of like slightly zombie looking because they're not exactly human or whatever they used to be. So they're, and they're all wearing red shirts because I remember in the other episode, there is like a detention facility with a lot of people with red, red outfits. So, you know, uh, you know, it, again, we're, we're just theorizing here. It could be anything. Who the hell knows? All right. So, Obviously, Jean-Luc is there asking for help, meeting with an admiral, and the admiral, she's 
basically blowing him off as he's all angry yeah, walking away. Saying, get out of here you're, <laughs> you know you're, he's, you're, he's going on his own up. mission you know he's going to do his own thing yeah yeah exactly Again, the visuals are fantastic. There's this night shot of, I forget the name of it. It's that classic Hollywood painting of people eating at the diner. Oh, And there's yeah, rain yeah. outside. What, it's, it's super famous. It's a super famous painting. That, and this looks like a combination of that and Blade Runner. Oh, because you have this, the street is raining, the futuristic buildings, and then the very, the very like 40s looking window. And you see a shot of Picard in some kind of, television program or something yeah i really hope we get a lot like a lot more of this like night you know neon looking cityscape here yeah. i love that type of stuff so i i, I then you have no, no, oh, i was sorry, gonna go say like, i i love the, i love the, that feel because like, we also don't see a lot of like big cities at night in star trek and stuff like that no, so no i no, really yeah, hope yeah. i really hope they never they, have the budget yeah, to do that. it's yeah. true so i really hope they and, and a tv show they used to never have the budget they would all do everything in the studio and then maybe once or twice a year they go on location yeah. somewhere but this this looks again it's cinematic we're, we're going back to that whole thing it's like I don't know how they do it. Is it is it money? Is it technology? What the hell is it that makes it so good? I don't I don't get it. Uh, and then you get a whole bunch of shots of him, you know, kind of like committing to okay, I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to do this, and he's meeting with different people. And then you see him put on a, an actual communicator, and I, it looks like to be a communicator at least from his yeah. time, from from where we saw him last, because the emblem looks different, I think, than the than the new futuristic emblems. Then you get this cool shot, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is that rock formation in California where the, uh, what was it, the oh, Gorn? Oh, they shot the Gorn, yeah. Fights yep. the Gorn. I think that's what that, that location is. It's that, those those angular rocks. I, it has a name. Damn it. We're going to get yelled at for that <laughs> one, I'm sure. So he's, he's, he's recruiting his team, let's say. So this is a whole bunch of shots of him meeting all these different people, and here's where we get introduced to the cast of the show, which most of them are unknowns to us. They're not very well-known actors or... Yeah, so he's meeting different people and different locations. There's apparently a couple of humans, at least one Vulcan, but he's like a fighter. Like a, He almost looks like uh, something yeah, out of Lord of the Rings. Is he a Vulcan rings. or is he a Romulan? I, I thought That's he was a Romulan. Point. I don't know. Well, yeah, well, who knows? I don't even know. But again, I don't know where we're at with Romulans in this series. Are there some defectors, you know, running around Starfleet? Who knows? Now, squeezed in there, I see a Borg ship. Oh, yeah. Uh, a cube. I think it's a cube. But it's a... It, not sure if it's a memory or, or an active... Something that's actually happening at the time. Because it's one of these little montages that they do that confuse you. Yeah, and, and it looks like it's like being like deconstructed or there's something going wrong with it because it's normally like, like, like the books yeah. are like green and black this one's like blue right. and black and, and it looks like there's like chunks of it like being like yeah. worked on and, or removed or something it's just not, it, it doesn't look like it's in the, it's full fighting form really and it looks like you're you're seeing like the perspective the perspective of different people and their memories there's a shot of seven of nine holding somebody and crying it could be hugh we're not sure yet we see what possibly is the inside of the ship he will be traveling in in these adventures with his crew. Okay, now here's where it gets a little weird. There's shots of what looks to me like a like a 
original Star Trek Romulan ship being uh, shot at from other ships, but I can't tell if it's a computer simulation or it's an actual shot of what's happening in real life at that moment. Yeah. There's a shot of Picard sword fighting, <laughs> which, which again brings us back to yeah. Uh, this is gonna be interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how that fits into uh, the story. I see, I see that Borg ship again. More of the cast back and forth. The relationships, I guess, within the within yeah, the these, crew. These new characters. And there's the first shot of Hugh. Yep. There's a shot of Hugh peeking behind a wall or something, and you can see he still has some messed up things on his head. And then there's an interaction between Seven of Nine and Picard, and she still has the uh, the thing over her eye. A couple of quick shots of her shooting guns in both directions. And now you get something that we hadn't seen before, which was a surprise, I think, around Comic-Con. Not only was Jonathan Frakes, I think, going to direct... Uh, some episodes, but guess what? He's actually in the show. Yeah, I, I'm wondering how like, is he going? Is he is he going to be like a part of like the permanent, like the whole series, or is, or is this just like a like you know like a one episode thing where he like sends Picard off to do his thing? Right, and and Troy. So those oh, two right, are now, right, I guess, yeah. at this point, because I don't remember, I don't remember again in Nemesis where we ended up. Were they already married at that point? But at least here, they're definitely married, or you could hear that they have a kid screaming in the background or something. I have a feeling they're gonna just be there um, as guests. They're not gonna, they're not regulars. I don't think they're regulars. I think they're guests, which is perfect. You you should pepper this show with classic guests to kind of bring you back. At least to, you know, to, to if Data, you know, Data, I don't know if Data was kind of promoted as a regular, I think, uh, Brent Spiners, or he might be an ongoing kind of ghost, basically, in the back of the Yeah, I was about to mind. say, I, I don't think he's physically going to be there, but maybe he's going to be sort of like that, you know, like, burr on his shoulder, so to speak, you know, sort of like yeah. giving him, like, his, like, sort of like mission, you know, that he's going to be going on. However... I remember in the previous trailer, we did see a shot of somebody opening up a drawer with all data yeah, pieces yeah, yeah. on it. So that kind of doesn't make... It's like, why would, the why would the fake memory of data include his pieces? So it could be something that at first is just a memory, and then at the end of this first episode, maybe somebody does reassemble data for real. Uh, yeah, who knows? Again, we're, we're, we're going down the rabbit hole again. Um, it, it could be anywhere. The other question is this. We kind of know that the story has something to do with Romulans and Borg. Something to do with Romulans uh, possibly deborgifying Borgs and then holding them as slaves, maybe? As a slave race? Uh, because Picard has to go and kind of rescue... You know, Seven of Nine is involved, and Hugh is yeah, involved, and very rescuing Hugh, yeah. maybe. So, and and the question is, is this the 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 plot of the series, or is this the plot of the opening of the series? You know what I mean? It's it's hard to tell at this point. Where is the series as a whole going to be going? No, I, I think I mean, from, from the sound of it, and and as as such as like as like a big story as that would be, as like you know, I guess sort of quote unquote rescuing a set of Borg who have been like you now taken as slaves yeah. or or try to like, militarize them. That, that sounds to me like it has the makings of like that's the core of the story. And like there might be something else, you know, tangentially, you know, attached to it. But that to me sounds like it's big right. enough you to be the, the full focus of the story. 
Right. It's a it's a long, you know, it's a long story that has to be told in, in episodes, obviously. Then you get a whole bunch of, again, uh, montage, quick shots of action, action, action. You really can't dissect it too much because it could be connected anywhere. And then the uh, the final shot. Hold on a second. Let me replay it so I can hear it. Okay. And the final shot is is Picard and Riker, and and Picard is kind of leaning over Riker, saying, "Thank you for not trying to talk me out of this." <laughs> oh, hold on, I got I got so low the the audio is so low I can barely hear. And Riker's reply is, "Believe me, I know better." So it's a nice little. You know, two pals talking near the water. Yeah, I, I know, love that ending at, shot. At, at yeah. the dock. You know, the, it, something like that could have been done with, with a lot of characters. You could have had him chatting with Data that way. But, you know, again, because I've been binge-watching uh, Next Gen, uh, you could see that, 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 that Picard now has this very close connection to Riker in terms of how, how he feels about him. And... You know, from the beginning, you're you're basically told that all the things that he feared in life, being alone, that's exactly where he's at in the beginning of this. You don't see him with a wife. You don't see him even with what it was, I guess, what's left of the family. You know, the, the brother, um, well, the actor we know just died. The guy who played his brother. Oh, the really? Vineyards. Yeah, he died like a month ago or something, the actor. So, obviously, you couldn't bring him back. But... I don't know if in the vineyards you're going to have maybe his widow or maybe the son, the kid that was, you know, playing with Picard. I don't know how lonely he is supposed to be. And I think that's part of the theme of the story yeah. is that, you know, bringing somebody who's isolated, old and and full of memories and full of regrets kind of back into into life into into joining you know the rest of the the human yeah, race. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure that's what that's what they're going for. Where it's that it's you know he, he he's sort of past his prime, but and but he's because he, you think like when we leave Picard and he he's like this grand future ahead of him. You know, he's like in top of the world. He's like you know the go to guy. But if, and if we, we come back to him, he's more he's more of like a lonely recluse now. And then to, to sort of have that story where you know he comes back into it. Is uh, that seems like I think that's what they're gonna what they're gonna go for. Yeah, and uh, according to the slate at the end, January twenty third, that's when we're gonna be able to see this. Would not surprise me one bit. And obviously, you don't want to show all your cards in the beginning. I'm s convinced we're gonna see um, Worf eventually. We're gonna see Jordy. Uh, I think we'll even see Crusher and Wesley. You know, we might see both of them at some point too show up in the show. You know. Uh, because these actors are still around, and and you know if this is a show that's going to continue, they're going to have to pepper in these now, classic does, people. I, I would agree with all of them, but does um, the actress who plays Beverly Crusher, Gates McFadden, does she have is, does she have something yes. like against? Has she sort of soured on Star Trek as a as a franchise? Does she have anything? Like uh, I haven't heard anything. I think she still does conventions like okay. everybody else, so I don't. I don't think there's any okay. bad blood there. No, I'm just curious because I, I don't hear much from her, and it seems like she might have had some problems, you know, with the show. And because, you know, when she left and you came back, I, I just didn't know if she had anything, you know, long term that was sort of simmering, you know, against the. No, she was. I mean, it's funny because, uh, uh, she, you know, they let her go. 
because they wanted to kind of pep up the show and they almost let go of Troy, uh, of uh, Marina Sirtis. Uh, but they kept Troy, but they got rid of McFadden. Then they brought in Dr. Pulaski for a season and the yeah. fans freaked out and they, they wanted McFadden back and McFadden came back. You know, she could have said, screw you, I'm not coming back. Take your show and, and stick it. But no, she came back and she did all the way to the end and then she hopped on the movie. So, you know, if she's dissatisfied, man, she, she, she hide she, it well. <laughs> she, she, yeah, because she's uh, no, I think she was uh, always, uh, you know, up for up for it because. I mean, think about it. That this this was this is her career. Really. Yeah, well, I mean, a, a lot of actors actually they do have sometimes where really, they get like shoehorned into one role where they sort of after over time like resent it yeah. after a while. Because I, I think not to give on a tangent, but I think I, I always think that Carrie Fisher has sort of like a sort of like a uh, sort of a chip on her shoulder against Star Wars at one point in her life because it felt like it was like all she was known for basically, and she had like this sort of like you know chip on her shoulder because she, she never really got ahead, you know, in, doing anything else, but. Yeah, that happens to a lot of... I mean, even Mark Hamill, if you think about it, he did have a... a you know, he had a Broadway career. He had some movies here or there. Uh, oh, yeah. Animation, yeah. you know, he did... He did, But, but still, acting. Star Wars is his thing. And and But then you look at somebody like Harrison Ford, who has a gigantic chip on his shoulder. Yeah, that's true. But he made himself even a bigger actor in other places, yeah, but he right. still had a chip on his shoulder. It's like... Dude, you're you're you know you can do you can play anything and you played anything and you're still kind of like a grumpy old man in, in you know in your thirties at the time so it's like yeah okay whatever, but when it comes to Star Trek actors specifically the you know the big ones the the ones that played commanders or captains, Patrick Stewart you know he never had a problem I think playing uh, Picard and, and obviously at this point he's coming back to playing Picard he's had many a. Uh, other movies, the whole uh, X Men franchise. You know, he's Professor X. You know, he he he's earned his uh, his respect, uh, if you will. You know, from Hollywood and and films. You know, but yeah, sometimes that is their claim to fame. Uh, the guy that played Cisco, uh, the lady that played uh, Janeway. Uh, you know, Scott Bakula had a career before and kind of comes in and out of television every now and then but uh, yeah a lot of these guys uh they they just um th th this is their 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 big shot and some people react differently than others but i think with star trek overall for the most part everybody is pretty cool about it all right i hope everybody enjoyed today's show just as it happens many times, as we're putting the show to bed, we got one more Short Trek released, which we are going to save for the next time we review these, because we had plenty of material to go over anyway, <laughs> but I can't wait to watch it. As usual, I'd like to thank Steve for joining me. He's such a huge Star Trek fan that it's great to have so much, you know, extra information when we do these shows. Of course, thank you for listening, and we will see you soon here at GeekFest Friends. Bye-bye, everybody. Would you like to finish it, Captain? I don't know how. That is not true, sir. find safety but one is never safe from the past please sir someone's after me i have an appointment your name please sir god p-i-c-a-r-d it's nice to see you up and around again
an obligation to investigate. There is no we, Jean-Louis. I am standing up for the Federation, for what it should still represent. This is no longer your house, Jean-Louis. Go home. I have to help her. You really want to go back out into the cold? More than ever. a plan. Another top secret unauthorized rescue mission. This is everything that ever mattered to me. I'm going with you. I need your skill and your courage. The past is written. <laughs> but we are left to write the future. Hold on. was sent for a reason. I'll get the information we need. I help people who have no one else to help them. Dad! What? Come out here! Stop yelling! It's Jean-Luc Picard! Hello, Will. Jean-Luc. <laughs> trying to talk me out of all this. <laughs> Believe me, I know better. <laughs> if you would like to subscribe to our show, send us messages, or see video links to some of the topics we talked about today, please visit our homepage at geekfestrants.com or our YouTube channel, Facebook page, or iTunes at GeekFest Rants. I don't know what we're yelling about! GeekFest Rants is produced by Carlos Perone, copyright 2019. This broadcast is part of the IC Robots radio network. Visit icrobots.com for this and many other nerd-slash-nostalgia-related podcasts. You won't be sorry for long. <laughs>